This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Anif Baharuddin. You're tuned in to the show that explores the narratives of historical landmarks and places in the Klang Valley. In this episode, we're going to be looking at our relationship with neighborhood malls, especially the older ones in town. The work to demolish Plaza OUG, a quaint neighbourhood mall located along the Old Klang Road, finally started late last month, confirming years of speculation that this mall would be making way for a new development project. While the city has a lot of malls with many new ones scheduled to come in the future, it's still worth reflecting on the role neighbourhood malls play in our lives. We'll be doing that later, but for now, my guest of the week, heritage conservation expert Elizabeth Cardosa, will be sharing her thoughts on Plaza OUG. Yeah, I mean, it's located off of Old Klang Road. It was one of the earlier malls, you know, in, in the Klang Valley, I mean, KL. Um, but it's not that old. I mean, what was it, the 1970s? It was built maybe in the 1970s, I would think. And it's not a large mega mall, but it was a neighbourhood mall, you know, a few stories that contained retail, food, you know, your your sort of your anchor tenant, which would have been like... I think at that time it was Yao Han, you know, a department store. And it was one that serviced, um, you know, the neighbouring, what do you call these, um, housing estates, you know. It, it was in the neighbourhood and, and there weren't that many. I mean, there was, at that time, there would have been in KL, uh, there would have been the uh, Ampang Park which sadly has been demolished. And that was one of, I think, if not the earliest uh, mall, you know, that was built as a shopping complex in KL. And you also had in KL other kinds of shopping complexes. Now, these shopping complexes would have been um, complexes with multiple use. I mean, commercial retail use. Um, some of them would have an office included uh, in, in them. So as part of their commercial space. And some of them might have had like apartments, you know, uh, linked to them. But um, you would have had uh, in KL, what, what do we have in KL? I mean, we had Ampang Park, um, you know, Wisma Central, um, Campbell uh, Shopping Complex. This is, you know, by the 70s, this is what we would have in um, Sungai Wang Plaza. This is in the city, in different parts of the city. Um, way before Sogo, you know, Pratama Complex, uh, the Mara uh, uh, building that had some retail, uh, you know, as part of, of their um, their building. And, and in Bangsa, you had what is now Bangsa Village was um, Hankyu Jaya, I think it was, you know, the, the, the original building. In Tamantun, by the 1980s, uh, what is now the Maybank was again, like, I think it was either a Jaya Jusko or one of those department stores. And so they weren't malls, but they were like department stores that had multiple items in them, including food, you know. Uh, some of them had had uh, some grocery section, but but a lot of them, had you know, had food, had clothing, um, different kinds of retail Uh in PJ, in Section 14, you had Jai Supermarket. And in KL, the high-end mall was the Wells Supermarket. You know, and these were 1960s, 1970s kind of um, places. And then 
the Plaza OUG when when as Kuala Lumpur grew and expanded and housing estates began to develop, grow in, in areas like off of Old Klang Road, like PJ as it grew. These malls, so to speak, these shopping complexes at that time, we used to call them shopping complexes, uh, started to blossom and grow up in the, those areas. So this was just one of them. And so we are looking at um, a shopping complex that is 40 years old, maybe. And in that time, it has now become, I suppose, irrelevant or defunct or um, out of date. Um, it's past its shelf life, you know, uh, and and its expiry date. And it sort of makes me wonder, you know, what is it? And how did we used to navigate our <laughs> retail space, our recre- not recreational space, but, you know, a lot of these places had maybe three or four stories, um, they were. They don't have the hundred thousand square foot commercial space, you know, hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand. I mean, we we don't have the thousands and thousands of, of square foot of space that we that the present day mega malls have um, that are ever expanding. But um, we had uh, three or four floors which had an anchor tenant very often. Uh, which was a department store of some kind or a supermarket of some kind. You would have um, some restaurants. You would have some other things like clothing and that kind of, um, you know, retail. Uh, you would have your shoe shop, uh, your hairdresser. And maybe on the upper floors, you would have your arcade. And your arcade was where where you you went um, if you were a little kid, you might go. And 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 so they were kind of like places where families of different and people of different ages could congregate. So you would have um little carousels and these little machines on which you know kids could sit, you put your coins in, and then they would do little rides, like you know, on the back of an elephant or something like that. Or you would have these little gaming machines, um, which are not like what you see nowadays, but these booths where you would play, I don't know, you know, my, my kids used to do that and, and it would be really loud, um, but they were open and they were, it was very clear what you were doing. It was in the public view. That means nobody was secretly in a booth doing something that they weren't supposed to be doing because everybody could see. Um, so in, in a sense, there was they, there were places where you could feel maybe safe. Uh, it was most of them were air conditioned, which is why people went uh, to get away from the heat of the, the day if it's during the day. And um, you know what was then promoted as, oh, we are El Fresco, you know. I mean, we were El Fresco from a long time ago. It wasn't like El Fresco is fashionable. It's become fashionable when you call it El Fresco. But actually, it was like outdoors. It would be maybe undercover. It would probably be undercover because protection from sun and rain, right? Uh, but um, with fans and ventilated, you know, uh, to the open air and traffic noises or whatever uh, nearby. But um, that's kind of how we moved from the shop house and the on-street shopping where you would be able to see your shops but they would be along a shopping street 
uh, a commercial area, yeah. So you will have in most old towns and, and, and even larger cities, you would have your commercial area where you want to buy shoes, you go to a particular area, you want to buy textile, you go to, a, a, you know, another area. You want to buy books, you know, you, you went to another area. And these places were kind of congregated um, in, in, in clusters nearby to each other. And, and then, of course, we had our on-street markets, our night markets, etc., which have been going on like forever, right? And our food, uh, which um, will spring up after the shops close. And uh, so the stalls would come up. And that was kind of, we moved from that into a more indoor space, like a shopping complex, which was more regulated, which had a variety of things. And you could use them pretty much throughout the day. So they would open at 10 and close at 10. And I think that sort of helped or made our shopping patterns change as well. Because imagine um, if you talk to your parents, um, that um, so old people like me, you know, what did you use to have to? So you went to the market because your shopping was, you know, dictated by, you know, I have to go to the pasar in the mornings because that's really when they were open. And so that by 2 p.m., all the stalls were closing. 1 p.m., 2 p.m., you know, the stalls, they would. And so that's your your your, your time frame, you know, 6 a.m., 7 a.m. to 1 p.m., thereabouts. And that's when you went to do your marketing for your fresh foods. But then when you start having things like supermarkets and all of that, your 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 shopping time becomes extended. You might buy for the week or for longer rather than just for the day or two days or three days because you would be able to store maybe for, you know, because you can uh, also have larger fridges, you can, you know, and that became more. So our, our behavior, I think our, our patterns also changed. Um, but yeah, anyway, back to Plaza Uyuchi. So it serviced um, its hinterland were, were the residents from from the neighborhoods that surrounded it. And what I was sort of uh, taken by were, were the remarks from, you know, some people who were saying, oh, I remember this when I was a child. I remember, you know, this is where this. And I think all of us have memories of places where we went to for not recreation, but where we went to, uh, or not for entertainment, but they kind of became these areas where we met people, where we would sit in comfort under shade, shelter, and, um, you know, watch the world go by, so to speak. Not that you were necessarily spending uh, lots of money, and sometimes you went there for retail therapy, uh, and sometimes out of necessity, but you were able to do a variety of things. And I think that that was kind of like fun, but because they were relatively smaller in terms of size to what you compare with the modern malls now, um, I think the pace and the, and the, and the ambiance was a bit different from what you see or you feel now in, in, in the more, in the larger malls, I feel, but then I'm definitely showing my age. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that uh, one of the appeals of a mall back then was was 
perhaps the fact that it was a condition. How big was that thing, you know? Because I think when I was growing up, that was a bit of a big deal. The fact yeah. that, you know, instead of choosing to do our shopping at a commercial area, for example, we choose to go to a mall because it's air-conditioned, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I think that's the, the perhaps the appeal of, of, of a shopping mall back then. But, you know, when these malls were popping up back then, with, what was the, I guess, feedback like by, you know, people in the commercial industry then? You know, were they like a bit hesitant about, you know, having to compete with malls? What was it like, you know? Oh, I think they both, they kind of lived, um, you know, they provided different, I think, different kinds of of um they serviced different groups and and different purposes and i think that traditionally it's still kind of nice to you know walk along a five foot way you know and pop into different shops along the way and because those ones traditionally uh you had a relationship with so imagine a, a place that you went to do your grocery shopping and there would be five or six grocery shops in a row. It's the same as in a wet market. There will be five or six stallholders or three or four stallholders that will be selling the same products, but you will go to one, which is your usual, right? It's only if they don't have it, then you go to another. And you develop a relationship with the vendor, with the trader. And they will say, oh, this is what you want. Okay, oh, this is what we have today. Oh, you were looking for it last week and we didn't have it, you know. And that kind of a relationship was a sort of a more intimate or more and friendlier. Um, and I'm not romanticizing it because, it because that's what happened, you know, because they were smaller, it was less pressured, and therefore there was a certain sense of familiarity because people who went to places like this or who frequented, if I come every week, you expect to see me every week. And so every week, after several weeks, I recognize you. I remember what it is you want or what it is you like. Um, and a relationship is developed. Whereas in uh, once you start getting into these larger, more um, structured, should maybe you know uh, multi-level retail places um, you don't necessarily have the same person you're dealing with That was our resident heritage conservation expert, Elizabeth Cardosa, talking about Plaza OUG and our relationship with neighborhood malls. We're going for a short break. Stay tuned. I'm Hanif Baharudin and you're listening to I Love KL on BFM 89.9 BFM 89.9, you're listening to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. I'm Hanif Baharudin and joining me this week is heritage conservation expert Elizabeth Cardosa and we've been talking about malls, neighbourhood malls specifically, in light of the news that Plaza OUG is now being demolished to make way for a new development project. She has shared some stories about the mall earlier and so for this part, we're going to focus on neighbourhood malls in general and why they have their own appeal and relevancy then and now. I think that uh, the nice thing about neighbourhood malls, and yes, I think that there definitely is a need, is, is you know, it, it has to do with whether you have, um, it is about scale. If you go to a large mall, you have a lot more choice, meaning you have 
you know, if it has, uh, let's say, three zones, and in each zone you have a pharmacy, let's say, or you have, uh, if you want to buy shoes or clothing, you have multiple uh, stores to to choose from. Um, even though that there's a, like a main anchor tenant, for example, but in neighborhood malls. Because it's kind of like scaled down in a sense, in, in because they're much smaller places, they service uh, you in a in a way more expediently. I mean, okay, you know we were talking about why you went, people went to malls because of the air conditioning. You were saying that when like when you were a kid, you know that that's kind of where you would hang out, or your family would go on the weekends. It was kind of your outing, right? Um, but actually, part of it is also because it was kind of convenient. You can park uh, within the mall or within, you know, the vicinity of the mall. You can, um, so you're shopping, you can bring back to your car or your vehicle or whatever it is that you're, you're riding or driving or, you know, uh, there's a taxi stand nearby. Now, of course, everything is you know, um, uh, e-hailing and, uh, you know, it, it's a different relationship. But there would have been a bus or a taxi stand which you could have accessed quite easily near close to where your shopping complex was. And that was what it was. It was a shopping complex, a complex meaning it had different uh, types of shopping that you could do there. And it provided all your usual or your routine necessities as previously before the shopping complex came up your your neighborhood streets used to have you know your commercial area used to have so you would always have one if you're in a small town one long street or one shorter street maybe in a bigger town you would have multiple streets so if you take um kl itself, if you look at KL um, and the old part of KL, you would know, oh, okay, if I go to Batu Road, Jalan Tongkot Duraman, I'll be able to get, you know, my uh, Globe Silk store and my Kamda and, and places like that. But I could also go to GS Gill and get my sporting goods. And then I could go and to KFC down the road there. But I would also have a Manlong for my fabric. And I would have... Um, uh, the Colosseum, you know, or or uh, the Odeon Cinema nearby, you know, that I could go to as well. So it was all contained within, you know, 500 metres or, or so, you know, one kilometre, not even one kilometre, but, you know, several hundred metres, about five or six blocks on two sides of the road. And that's what it was, you know, that. And then you had the shopping complex, which in a sense brought that same level, but in three or four different floors. Your basement would take something, your uh, first floor would, your ground floor would be some, you know, different types of, of, of shops and you would have your anchor tenant, right? And then, so for the neighborhood shopping complex or the, the smaller shopping complexes that came up or that grew up, they serviced that kind of uh, 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 two or three neighborhoods two or three housing estates. Not every one housing estate had its own mall, had its own shopping complex. They would have uh, three or four, there would be one, and then people from around there would come. And so your, your well, if you talk about carbon footprint, your carbon footprint would be smaller 
you know, because you are not having to travel so far, um, which means you are not having to deal with traffic and jams and you're not having to traverse larger or longer distances and areas and therefore spend more time doing that. This was something you could pop in and pop out. Uh, and so it kind of took over the traditional, let's say, shop house role. But it still had that feeling of the shop house role, you know, except it wasn't, like I said, in, instead of it being just one road, it was split into three or four floors, right? And and so you kind of had that experience. And then it was indoors. Um, technically, you felt safer, mostly, because if it was populated, there were more people around. And therefore, you know, the whole thing about snatch theft security was around. There were security cameras. And so you it gives you a sense of, uh, or the visitor or the, the, the shopper, a sense of security, right? So you, you had that as well. And I think that it serviced the population and the neighborhood that way. It's only when you wanted to have a different, uh, something more, you either more choices or you wanted something specific, you might need to go to another mall that had that shop. But now, if you think about it, in Kuala Lumpur City Center, think about all the malls that are there within, you know, from Surya KLCC to the malls that are around it, down toward, um, you know, the Bukit Bintang area and 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 the the Lala Port now that the BB plot, you know, the BBCC sort of development and just just those area, you know, I mean, what are we talking about? Ten or more, more definitely more than ten malls, um, some of which are really mega mega malls, um. If you think about it, the majority of shops that are in one, you will find in the next, right? So in terms of a character, neighborhood malls, I personally, and this is my bias, you know, have a certain character, which was kind of a little bit more, I think, I'm not going to say genteel because it wasn't, but it was more casual. It was more oh, I kind of knew where I was. I kind of recognized it, you know. Um, but they had certain um, characteristics maybe. Um, and yet they were still able to provide. You could go to get your hair cut and go for makan and pick up uh, your groceries, you know, your uh, milk and bread or whatever it is that you want. And... Um, buy your bata shoes for going to school, so you know, and buy the blanco. I know people don't do that anymore, but that's what we used to do when we were kids. Um, or buy, you know, and and we could do that all within a very small-ish area. And then with all our barang, we would then go to our car or go to the taxi rank and line up and get a taxi. And it's all very, and then we travel Two ringgit, three ringgit to our house, which is a kilometer, two kilometers, three kilometers away, as opposed to going 15 kilometers to a big mall to park in an area where I always lose myself because I don't know where my car is. I'm really bad with that. Um, and um, so you have to take gamba and you know locate yourself and pin pin yourself where your car is, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but 
what then is the difference between one of these mega malls and the next in terms of what makes them distinctive? Some of them have a little bit more distinction. But on the whole, if you're saying, I want to go and eat X or Y, out of the 10, 20, 15 malls, let's say, in that area, you'd probably find that X or Y in four of those places. Different, but they would be there or something similar. So I want to go and eat chicken, fried chicken, you know. I will find it in several places uh, within that whole, within that big complex. So I think the character of these shopping areas have changed. I mean, previously, uh, and not to romanticize it, but, you know, for example, if you wanted um, to get um, Wisma Central in KL, which we talked about sometimes, it was very well known for uh, you want to go and get, even now, I think, you want to go to find a tailor to um, uh, do certain things to your, meaning to not adjust, you know, like to amend your, your baju, you know, because you need to do some adjustment or something like that. You want to get um, Pratama Complex. If you want to get, you know, there, there are certain things that you go, you are a scout, you want to get certain things repaired, all things done, that's where you go. Malls, the modern mall, doesn't have that kind of distinction, I think, anymore. Correct, yeah. But do you think that those things are a modern modern evolution of all these malls like yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean everything is a an evolution it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 you know it it's can they coexist i think is the question correct yeah because i was thinking of like last time um i'm sure before pratama complex was more well known for a place for you to find tailors or people to al- help alter your pants it used to just be a, a multifunctional mall, right? Yeah, before it became popular for that. For that thing. As yeah. more and more, you know, little tailor shops grew up, right? Because they were, so in a sense, as the area around it developed and around, you know, the the, the Batu Road area, you know, as, as things change, you know, these, these half shop lots or these little shops, people moved into them because of the price point and, and the fact that you could open longer hours or, you know, you had that, that somebody was there to do the cleaning of your hallways for you, even if you clean your own shop. Um, there is a sense of it. And so you're paying for that, no doubt, but um, it also, so there's a balance there, I think, you know, if you had your own shop outside, you might have more expenses. It might be too large for you. You, you need to find the right fit size, you know, but I think they kind of had a character which is kind of enjoyable. But yes, so can they live, can they be, can they coexist the older shopping complexes with the more, with the larger mega shopping malls? Correct. And I think another thing that I was just thinking of is also the fact that um, the larger the malls, the more expensive the the, the <laughs> rent will be. And I think to a certain extent, that will also affect, you know, who can, you know, I guess be a part of, of this big mall, right? And that means perhaps larger corporations, larger entities. And this is why, I guess, to a certain extent, the older malls might have an advantage, at least for local, local you know, businesses that, that perhaps want to operate, you know, find a space to operate in, right? So, yeah, to a certain extent, I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe that's 
going to be the landscape moving forward, you know? I, I mean, that would be nice to think about. I mean, it would be nice if that happened. You don't have the the franchised only the you know the 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 or the ones that have um as you say the the larger corporations are the ones with the bigger cash flow um and so while they're not the mom and pop pop shops um or the corner you know hole in the wall like the chaitama you know the little the little kadairujit you know um they are the upgraded kadairujit but it still belongs to the pachi in the machi kind of kadairujit except it has it has a a different look. It's been refreshed, let's say. Um, and it meets certain health standards, modern standards, certain expectations. And um, they supply, uh, they still supply uh, your neighborhood. Because the thing about a neighborhood mall, a neighborhood shopping complex is exactly that. It belongs to the neighborhood playgrounds, the same thing, you know. Who goes there? people become familiar with who goes there. You become familiar with what is there. So I want to buy a trinket. I want to buy a gift. I want to buy wrapping paper for something. I I know where to go. I need to go to the bookshop, you know. Um, and it's great to go to the mega bookshops. But it's also nice to be able to get most of what you want from this little bookshop because unless you want something very specific, it gives the space, I think, from from a retail perspective. I think there's more equity there, you know, in terms of your demographic. But obviously, in in the case of you know a mall that that like OUG, I mean, I don't know why they're closing, but I think they have, you know, as as other malls and and COVID or whatever it is become, you know, and demographics change and people's needs change. If the shopping complex doesn't keep up with that right you then end up kind of becoming you know you are past your past date like your 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 due date um and and so maybe you know that happens and there's always this cycle right um because it's about you know renewal and that's what the the change is it's not that it's a bad thing it is that sometimes i feel that it's the scale is something that I appreciate because it, I personally appreciate because it provides me with maybe um, a sense of familiarity, a sense of um, not so much belonging, but because of the familiarity, it, it's a relaxing thing. You know, you're not like going like, oh, where is this? Oh, you know, I have to go to the other end. Oh, I'm in, I'm in South Wing. I have to go to North Wing, you know, that kind of thing. I have to go to North Court, you know, and I'm in South Court, you know. Uh, oh, gosh, it's at the other end of the mall. And um, I'm parked here, but I have to buy. So you really have to navigate um, differently, I think. Uh, but yeah, I, I think they both have their, as does the shop house, the row of shop houses. They all have their advantages and disadvantages. And um, they, you know, I think we all, it'd be nice. It's great that we have the variety, I think, to choose from. Don't you think that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and I think to a certain extent, yeah, that, that's why I think we as consumers also have to be a bit more discerning in actually, I guess, diversifying the, the way we shop, I guess, to a certain mm. extent. Yeah. Um, I grew up, in the mall culture one way or another. And I can't help but think that, you know, like you said earlier, that um, 
shopping malls uh, as much as you know sometimes these days we do lament and I think there is a need to also seriously look at the fact that we have too many malls in, in the city but at the same time <laughs> it is kind of central to the way we live our lives right you know yeah. it is uh, one way or another a uh, lifestyle thing you know we go to a mall on a weekend to, to not just I guess shop spend your money but you just want to like hang out meet friends you know mm-hmm. have meals um, yeah and you know sometimes watch movies so it is it is like kind of central to our lives I suppose and I can understand why people get nostalgic you know when the news broke right yeah and and so you have a, an emotional relationship right because yeah. it's part of your memory it's part of that memory and I think that 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 that's important and it shouldn't be poo-pooed you know I mean like some people say Allah it's okay lah you know you can always go to the next mall because it is these kinds of little memories that give us not just an attachment to the place and, and the meaning, of, but it gives us our sense of place, our sense of belonging. And when we belong or feel that we belong somewhere, we care more. And when we care more, we look after. And I think that that's really quite important because in a, in a new place, we have no emotional connection with it. And so it's okay, lah. somebody else can look after it. So, you know, so the whole sense of, you know, do you want to make sure that it's kept clean? And do you want to make sure you don't litter? And, you know, let's teach ourselves, let's remember that we should be civic minded, that we should consider keeping our loos clean so that, you know, and, and dry and so that the next person who's using it, you know, doesn't have to deal with whatever you've left behind, which could be a bit of a mess, you know, and just because you, 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 you know, if we take collective responsibility, which I think in a smaller place, kind of it's easier for you to feel, oh, somebody, you know, you are more observed, <laughs> maybe, um, you know, whereas in a larger place, you know, you're, you're more anonymous. Um, so there, there are two, so you might want to be more anonymous, right? Then you would choose that. But, you know, those are your, your, your the situation, I think. And we all have use for the big malls and we all have use for the neighbourhood malls and we all still have use for the little, the street or the two blocks or three blocks of shops near our house, which is where we go to regularly to pick up <laughs> our laundry, our groceries, our just uh, to... to have our tetare, you know, and to meet up a friend or the post office which is nearby, you know, that kind of thing. You've been tuning in to I Love KL and this week our resident heritage conservation expert Elizabeth Cardosa talk about neighbourhood malls and our relationship with them as we responded to the recent news involving the demolition of Plaza OUG. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash I Love KL, our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store and you can also find our podcast on Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Stay safe and join us again next week only on PFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.